Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been yeah. This is the Black Country Blokes in here with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, and our special guest tonight, Mark Swain. Now, before we get into Mark's story, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Men's Health Magazine for featuring the Black Country Blokes this week. So, thank you. Now, Mark Swain is part of the organisation called Tough Enough to Care. Now, we've had Stuart and Dan on the show previously, so if you'd like to check out their stories, please go to our archives, either on YouTube or on our podcast. But tonight, I mean, Mark is uh, one of the people who runs the seminars, and we're doing our own seminars now, but we're jumping under the umbrella of Tough Enough to Care. We've been doing it a lot longer than us, and they're doing a wonderful job. So, Mark, thank you, first of all, for coming on. And would you like us, uh, would you first like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, before Tough Enough to Care, just a bit of stuff in general or? Yes, please. Yeah. So um, basically, I'm a local guy living in the black country like yourselves. Um, born and bred from the lie originally. Um, lived in Alzheim for the last 40 odd years. Uh, went to school there. Um, and I've just had a 33 year career in the construction industry um i'm just about to change career into something hopefully a bit steadier doesn't feel that way at the minute but hopefully something a, a little bit steadier um yeah had my battles my entire life with uh, mental health myself and decided that um when i was ready that i wanted to give a bit back which is how these um the the groups that i moderate um you know, it's it's what they're based on. So, I had the um, I had the idea um, a long time before another national one that's popped up. I'm not going to say any names and get myself into trouble. But I had the idea 20 years ago, and then a couple of years ago, another one, and they're absolutely flying. But uh, there you go. It was my idea first. If anybody from that particular organisation is watching, um, so yeah, um, I'm not mentally health trained or anything like that. It's just literally we uh, we speak from experience. Um, share stories, successes, failures, more failures than successes, I've got to say, because that's life. So, yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell, you know. Um, so, been on my own journey. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Nothing nothing too exciting, I don't think. And how long, how long have the meetings been running now? So, we started November, let me get this right, 2019, and we really, um, we really picked up quite a bit of pace uh, locally so um a good friend of mine um is a, is assistant chief um for west midlands fire and got us access to all 40 something i think 40 odd community rooms at um, the west Midlands fire stations so i picked a local one aiden cross because it's the heart of the black country it's a local venue to me uh, and we got cracking there november 2019 really picking up some pace 22, 23 members. I think we had almost 31 week. Nice big room there. Really flying. Um, running, running them once a fortnight. Um, looking for another venue. Started that. So we alternated Mondays then. And then, of course, the pandemic um, struck 12 months ago in March 2020. And then we had a real battle for all sorts of health and safety reasons. As you guys know, with the boxing, all sorts of dramas with social contact. Um, and it took us until November um, 2020 to to restart. And so we've um, we just last night was our 30th meet. We've got something going on every Monday. Obviously, um, we like to promote the one that you guys have got going on on a Wednesday. We've got a different night of the week. Uh, I'm looking at a couple more local ones. So um, another boxing gym in, in uh, Kidderminster. Actually, there's a nice. I think there's a nice theme there with you guys doing one and this other boxing gym. Have been in touch purely by um, by chance. So yeah, we do them. Um, we do them every every week on a Monday. I, I, I think it's nice because it's a people are a bit sort of not depressed, melancholic on a Monday. Oh, it's Monday, same old. So it's it's nice to get through that first day and everybody's a little bit perhaps 
been buzzing from the weekend and then on the Monday nights we got we got the meetings. So yeah, that was why it was born on the Monday. But the fact that you guys have got one midweeks, I think is nice because we can people get to the middle of the week and they're sort of over that over that, you know, the hump towards the end and it's nice to just go and unload and have a but anything we can all do locally for people to come and chat group wise, I think's you know, all for the greater good. Well that's what we've been saying and I think where a lot of organisations go wrong is they want to secure everyone. And I think the only way that we're going to beat yeah. this is by collaborating with as many groups as we can in different areas. Yeah. So we could all, we're all pulling in the same direction of helping people. Yeah. And like you and me and Leo will say this, we're not experts. We haven't got our PTAC, PGCDs and whatever. We, we just <laughs> I can't even spell that. <laughs> we, we, we're average day people, you know, who, who've been through the mill. And if we can't relate to what you're on about, we sit there and let you talk. Because I find there's a difference between listening and hearing something. And what I found, we're still on our very early stage of this, is we have to listen and let that person talk. And some stuff is very intimate. And some stuff, you know, we haven't had a week yet, Lee, where we haven't had a belly full of laughing. Because... Now the pubs are closed, we're blokes, all self-distanced, all for all the checks, sitting there with other blokes, having a laugh and having a chat. And that's been the amazing thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it's all about. So, um, like you're saying, just, just touching back on there, what you said about other organisations, other charities. Um, again, I won't name names. There was one that I went to and was doing a sponsored um, event. I wanted to do, don't, donate the money to said organisation. They wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't help with any sort of sponsorship, promote the event, uh, any merch, absolutely nothing, because they're very corporate. So um, for me, the only involvement is it's volu- I volunteer. Uh, I know, I know you boys do with your, you know, with your careers or your. I know Kev does it full time. I know Lee helps out. So you're already volunteers, not just on the mental health side. So you understand giving something back to the community, and these bigger organisations, charities, they're in the corporate world, making the books, getting the big contracts, doing all that, and actually taking the right off, like you say, join forces. You know. Why can't half a dozen or a dozen different organisations? And if, if my group isn't the one for some reason, you don't click with me. Maybe your group is, or maybe the one in Kiddie. You know, there's all sorts of, like you say, work together, promote each other. But unfortunately, I think when you when you stick money and the and and the success element in there, they, people climb over each other like any business. And I, you know, we are feeling a bit of pressure from a bit of red tape because you have got to comply with protecting yourself from a legal point of view and all that. Of course, there is like running anything. But for me, sitting there on a Monday night, I call it the coal face. We're out there doing stuff, actually out there, talking, having a brew, few laughs if we can, like you say. Some weeks you can't, Some someone's unloading something deep and then, you know, but we share successes, highs, lows. Like I said, there's more failures than successes. You know, that is life. It's part of being human. And just, you're not alone. There's, there's, you know, millions in the same boat. And I just don't know why men feel they, they can't talk or they shouldn't talk or they, they shouldn't cry. Do you know what I mean? I cry most days over something, happy, sad, you know. Put something on the telly, there'll be something on the news. They rescued the cat, I'll burst out crying. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the drama? So it Mark, just, make, it uh, just sorry, makes okay. us human, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Sorry, so Mark, um, so what? Where did you see that men needed help? So started these groups because, to me, until I went to your group, really, it was all a bit foreign. I'm thinking, bloody hell, fifteen lads sitting in a room talking. It, it's, yeah. in truth, it's it's daunting and it sounds a bit like hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're thinking, yeah. what what this is? You know, are we all just going to be sitting there in silence? Does no one actually wants to say anything? Yeah. Um, so- it's nothing like that. I'll let, I'll let everyone. It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> Actually, everyone gets involved. And like I said, we have a laugh. There is serious stuff talk, talked about. But where did you kind of see that gap? Did you see that, or did you need it yourself and thought, you know what, no one else is doing it. Let's get going. So it's a bit. It's a bit of both. So um, in my mid twenties, I had some real, real struggles, and 
without um, going down, going to the doctors and taking all that official route, which we still promote, absolutely fine, but it's not for everyone. And part of the battle is a lot of a lot of people, men and women, won't take that step. You know, if your leg was hanging off, you're going to go and get some help. It's something physical. We should be doing that with our minds. That's just as important as the physical. You know, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not hurt and it's broken. So um, back to what you're saying, there wasn't really anything apart from going on a waiting list. So this is back in 1996, 97. Um, so, yeah, part of needing something um, for myself, um, for one. And then over the years, um, my mum did her career in hairdressing and obviously mums do the school run, do all those things. And there's there's loads of loads of places where women meet. It could be a church coffee morning. It could be a mum and toddlers group. Uh, my wife was ill about 12 or 13 years ago. They did the school run for three months. And after a few weeks of standing there as one of the mums, I did have to move a bit of distance and move away because the stuff <laughs> that they gossip and talk about. And bear in mind, I knew some of their husbands. I was like, I shouldn't be hearing some of this. Mm. But what I'm saying is it's another outlet. So on the school run, mum and toddlers groups, church coffee morning, you know, I've seen them in the local pub, pub to me and they've dropped the kids at uh, wherever for the afternoon nursery and they've had a bottle of wine, had, had a glass of wine each and then they've walked back up to the... So that it seems to me that women always have something they can get together. Girlfriends will phone each other, won't they? The wives will go for a coffee. Blokes don't. Well, that's not very macho. Is it we'll go and have a pint? Well, let's move it away from the pub because sometimes drinking the booze is the catalyst to, you know, fighting, crying, you know, all the things. It doesn't always work out. I'm not saying it, it doesn't ever work out having a beer for the good, obviously. What I'm saying is move that element out. Let's go and have a coffee. Hey, to you know, has my mate got something to tell me, if you know what I'm referring to? Pardon me, correct. Coffee. Yeah, well, you like coffee, don't you? So, I love cake. You don't get to be a fat dad like me and not like your cake. <laughs> so, but it's like you say, Lee, it's, it's alien because the generation before us, so our fathers and grandfathers, um, you know, they worked hard, they had a few beers, they ate the dinner, they went to sleep in the chair, and where they did it all was, you know, they had the stiff upper lip, didn't they? And they just had a few beers, worked hard, and it, was, it wasn't it was talked about. And there was none of those social outlets apart from, you know, getting seven pints a mile down you and getting monkey drunk. So a need for, for something, and for myself, I felt it was missing at the time. So I just watched for years how, how women were healing and talking and, you know, got all these places to... And, and like I'm saying, they still might need some professional help, but... You know, some of the women in my life are the strongest psychological psychological characters I have ever met. My wife being one of them, and I was like, you sort of look at that and go, you know, that 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 girl's never taken a, an antidepressant or been and had any. She just like cracks on. But they've got all those outlets to talk about us, talk about themselves. And I say the, the the blokes tend not to, do they? A lot of blokes are out grafting when the school runs being done and all that sort of thing. You know working late and miss all sorts of you know in modern times and again i'm not i'm not not wanting to come across sexist i'm talking about generations gone by we're now in a generation where we push forward as equals but we're not we're not talking and so like you say the 15 men in a room and walking in and going 15 lads having a cup of coffee okay you know but it's it works well i think it works and and I enjoy it. And while, while I'm out there at the front, by the way, um, I'm in therapy. So every Monday evening, I'll get two hours of therapy. You know, it's, it's all good. And as yeah. you said, there's like when we when we say like, having yeah, I'm all right. Or how are you? I'm sound. We don't have that yeah. second question of, are you sure? And I think because for the last year, we've lived in a virtual world like now. You, We haven't got them subtle cues of how the shoulders are, if they're slumped. And I think yeah. what, the, what the meetings do, brilliant, because Liam might say, I've been nearly, I'm saying, then I look at him and go, no, bro, how are you? And at the meetings, if I see Lee or Mark, he's like that, you, you, this is your idea, so we've only pinched it. Thumbs up if you're walking out for a fag, or thumbs down, and then one of us will go out and talk. Because some people are great, like me and you, Mark, stand on a stage and 
confess my soul, confess my soul to the group. Whereas other people that might be intimidating, so might need that five minutes or ten minutes or an hour on their yeah. own with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I say just just before we came on air, we had um, we had a guy to attend a, gr a group recently, and for the for the first half, um, we so we sort of just to give you the format, we we, we kick off about seven o'clock. I think you boys are running the same format. By the time you got a brew and get into it, you have sort of forty five minutes break for another brew at eight and if anybody wants to smoke and then another 45 minutes and I've tried to tried to put a little bit of structure into ours again which I know you guys will find your own way and you've followed some of ours so but but this guy had just looked at the floor with his shoulders rolled forward at his own feet for an hour so we'd all read that all felt the body language uh, and then the co-founder Dan at the break he said uh, you go and get the Kepler mark he said I'm, uh, I'm just gonna have a few minutes or so and so and uh, you know, see how he's doing. Um, and, and I said to you on that particular evening, we, we uh, had a chat with a guy away from the other group member, sent him back in to have a chat, said, can we call for some help for you? Because we think it's important. It's always the member's choice. So that, that that's, a, that's a real serious one. You know, if you go to a group for the first time and then all of a sudden an ambulance crew turn up or, you, or, or a police crew turn up to do a welfare check, you, you'd, you'd never walk through the door again. So give the member the choice and he's like oh yeah he said i think that that that'd be good um you know and hopefully saved a life or changed saved several lives changed you know a course course of events there but like you say you can't on a phone call you can't get that you could be you can hide everything can't you you could you, you can be chipper um and i would say back to what you just mentioned there kev touching on something and um i know stuart bratz mentioned this several times you know, you ask someone they're okay or you send a text, you hear nothing. Someone's gone into the cells for whatever reason. You're not getting a text back. It might just be that they're ignorant or they don't want to text you back. But, you know, like you say, ask again. Oh, right. No, no, something doesn't seem right. You're really okay. And that it goes for your your colleagues, your friends, you know. Why can't you walk it? I went into wholesaler the other week and the lady behind the counter, I stopped for 30 seconds and asked her how she was. I don't know the lady. It was a random act of kindness thing I was doing for on, on a programme I was on. And she went, oh, I'm very well today, thank you. And, you know, just that interaction and asking people and spotting the signs. Um, like I say, you never know. You could you could change someone's thought or thoughts. And it, it really does save lives. And all we've got to do is talk. Can I just jump in there? Because, like, something that your group and our group, we, we have got a duty of care and we, we like everything to be kept within the four walls of safety, but we have got a duty of care. If you yep. threaten to hurt someone or yourself, then obviously we've got to do our part. I just want to stress that. So you don't come yep. to the group and feel betrayed that we've because we're doing it because as dark as the room is, your life is worth saving, even if you don't realise at that time. So I just want to get that out there. But Yeah, definitely. So if somebody's threatening immediate harm or you feel that their life's in danger, of course, if if there was this, I'm saying it's always the member's choice. You know, sometimes, like you say, you you just couldn't possibly send somebody back out to the car. You, we just wouldn't be doing our job. So yeah, I um, agree with you there, Kev. So you know, it's the member's choice. But if there was a real life threatening, where you're like, hang on a minute, you you would well, the duty of care is to intervene in it without without a doubt. So and the other, yeah, the other thing, like because I I hear all the time, and I guarantee you hear. Is um, I didn't want to bother you, and and I often said I would rather you bother me by interrupting my tea with a baby, than to bother me by having to turn up to your funeral. And I think most of us, a lot of people, we have so so small of self worth that we all we think, well, what have I really got to moan about? What have I? You matter. So as large as your problem is, or as small as you might think is, yeah. share it with a loved one. And if yeah. counselling, NLP, hypnotherapy, all these wonderful things isn't for you, pick yeah. up the phone and just reach out. And if I don't want to listen to your moan, I won't pick up the phone. But as long as I keep picking up, or Mark keeps picking up, or Lee, or your mom, your dad, your sister, keeps yeah. picking up, you use them. Because it's not using, it's called caring. Yeah, yeah. I just seen a message pop up there as, as we were talking. A guy just mentioned about um, feeling shame. When he's when he's in trouble, there the, there is there is no shame in reaching out to people and talking, 
And, you know, whether the outbursts are anger, tears, whatever they are, whatever you're going through, um, like we keep just touching back to, we're human. So part of that is we're, we're developed emotionally. And, of course, when you start mixing all that in, I was talking to a friend before we, we came on air, when you, when you mix emotion into trying to make a rational decision, you don't make a rational decision. You need the emotion to subside and then get a clearer head. And, of course, if you're in that for days or weeks or months or years, you keep working, you keep talking until you can come out of it and make a, a clear head. And I said, Lee mentioned to me we were talking on our meet when we got you boys going. And Lee said, when has anger ever resulted in anything good or positive? And I still haven't found one yet, by the way, Lee. I'm still thinking. <laughs> I'm still trying to think, uh, think of an outcome. But, of course, you know, some days that's just, that's just the emotion that you've, that you've got there uh, bubbling away. I had a rage for 30 years that was, that was, that was almost uncontrollable, almost, because everything's controllable. Um, but the last four or five years work really, really hard on self-development and learning and all the things I do because it's just not a rational way to uh, to behave. No, I think the problem is with, with anger, we release it to the to the wrong at the wrong time and in front of the wrong people because you've built it up. So, you know, me and Kev have been very lucky, I suppose, through our struggles. We've had a punch bag to it or we've, we've been able to do some sparring or we, and that does release that anger. But there's a lot of people out there who will let that build up to such a point that it just explodes at the nearest thing to them or the nearest yeah. person to them. And then it's just no it's no good for anyone then, you know. Uh, it's it's just wasted emotion and you've you've made someone else's day probably worse just because you were you you've released it then and uh, and uh, and had been bottling it up. I think a lot of issues temper, wrongly so, I'm not defending. As like a comfort blanket. If I'm angry, they won't get close to me. So if I throw my hands and I do all this, people won't get to the problem. But all that does is create another problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, how often do you hear though? Um, so I've got again back to one of my groups. Got a, got a guy, and because the gyms have been closed for such an amount of time, and he's been having some anger management issues. Um, he goes boxing and goes out, goes in the ring, spars, the pad work, the bags, all of those things. But exercise in general, isn't it? You know, when you've got something that's, whatever the emotion that's going on, you hear people say, well, again, I have a good workout, whether it's bashing weights, going for a run, swim, cycle, boxing, whatever it may be, whatever your forte, releases the endorphins and the chemicals. And But also, you've, you've achieved something, haven't you? So if you put an hour into yourself, people miss that. You know, I've gone and done that and it's a good stress buster and I've got the chemicals going. But you've actually, um, you, you've achieved, you've, you've spent an hour of self-development and you might not see it as that. But you've actually put an hour into yourself, haven't you? Um, positive. Um, and then the byproducts, like you say, if, you've, if you're then not bottling the anger or, the, or whatever it is up, it's, it's a win-win. It's a positive, uh, oh, I'm just reading the message now, trying to multitask. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to put them on when you're talking, mate. I'll see him struggling a bit there. <laughs> well, in the next few weeks when the gym is open, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be having the talking therapy. Uh, it'll be two hours, as Mark says. And then whether it's half an hour, 45 minutes, we're going to go down and, and do a proper time to teach people how to stand. It won't be sparring. It won't be anything like that. But it'll be boxing, but without the contact, without anything, but hitting stuff. So we'll start with a chat. Do a bit of training and then finish the chat. And if I think you're, and if you're one of those people who doesn't want to do the training, if you want to stay upstairs talking to Lee or someone like that, that's fine. Don't feel like you have to do it. The option will be there. I think Sorry, I Lee. think um, I think you're uh, thirty to forty-five minutes a bit brave there, Kev. Be lucky to last three minutes on a bag now. <laughs> 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 let's get it. Let's get it right. It's not that kind of show. Yeah, hold up. So not sparring, uh, Kev. But will you do some focus mitts and some and some bag work and stuff like that? You think? But you know, when we're allowed. To when we're allowed to do pads, I'll be doing that. But for the time being, if we can just get there learning your footwork, then get on the bags for a couple of rounds and finish with some stretching, 
while we're stretching, have a bit of a chat. And then just, you know, awesome. and, and then we'll just build on it, you know. But with, you know, acorns, you know, what's it? Oak trees come from acorns. You know, yeah. the more we plant, more we get. Yeah. Nice. It's awesome. I think mix. I think mixing those two things um, together um, is, a, is, you know, a great recipe. I mean, I'm just we're... reading another comment. I can't, I can't talk <laughs> and, read the, and read the stuff. <laughs> Have we had questions or are they mainly just comments? Um, mainly just comments, Kev. We've had some, some comments coming in um, from Steve Hobbs, Steve Hansel, Robert Hewton. Uh, there is some others, sorry, trying to find them. Obviously, Stu. Stu thinks you're the best looking bloke at TC. Oh, mate, don't start me. Call, I don't know why they called me the face. And we're in trouble if I'm the face and tough enough to care. But they, you know, grey, bald, you know what I mean? Uh, fat, but you can't see that bit. <laughs> Got me pyjama bottoms. I was on underneath here. Got me tough enough shirt on and me pyjama bottoms. As long as you're wearing bottoms. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just going off the, off the, you know, off the subject a bit. There was, uh, you know, all these Zoom calls and all this thing, like you say, the virtual world. There was um, a guy recently, somebody was telling me a, a story and he's, you know, you've heard of people and you've got the certain tie on, but the pyjama trousers and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he's on, he's on one with about 10 colleagues and his wife thought it'd be a good idea to lift the top up. We know bra on to try and distract <laughs> him from the zoom over the, over the top of the camera. But he got a, there's a mirror behind him. So <laughs> like that, all of the people on the zoom, um, had a full, uh, a full frontal of his wife's, uh, yeah, top set. <laughs> I can imagine oh, yeah, the, just... ne the next comments are going to be asking where to find it. Yeah, just be careful. Kate, stay uh, in your room. That's it. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, I mean, look, so you've been going, like, on and off. I mean, you started in 2019, then last year, well, yeah. the whole world stopped. Yeah. I mean, where do you where do you want this to go? It would be nice to, you know, to try and spread it out um, further. Um, a drama we have is like with everything, um, funding even on a on a small scale to obviously mm. put put a tea and coffee on for the guys and uh, uh, and all that sort of thing. Um, a couple of the rooms that we have at the moment, because that was the other thing with the fire station, the rooms were funded uh, very kindly. But at the moment, we've got we're paying hourly rates on the on the rooms we're in. Um, so, subject to funding and getting other moderators, just running the group in a pardon me, a bit of a format. It would be nice that you could go to every borough in the West Midlands and and, and move out from that, and there'd be but it's just the resources, the, the the people and the and the finances to do that. I mean, how amazing would would it be if nationally there was, you know. BCB or tough enough to care doing something and you could go in in any local borough Dudley Sandwell Wire Forest and, and you know spread out across nationally and there'd be something that's the dream how we make that a reality and how we sort of how you get all that done without being too corporate and all that sort of thing it's I don't know but for the time being for me the local ones that I'm running I'll give every Monday night up um, to the cause and that's as much as one man can do with with, uh, with all the other commitments that I've uh, that I've got. So you know, the, the the dream would be like the big vision would be amazing. Um, but for now, it's just focus on, you know, like charity beginning at home, so local, black like I say, black country lad. Um, just just put a bit of a uh, bit of time in with the local boys and see where it takes us really. Because Nick funny at the moment. On every show, on every news article, everybody is talking about mental health. Yeah. It's surprising how few actions are coming from the words. And this is why we've been doing this podcast since um, the start, uh, middle of 2019. But we thought we, it's great what we're doing, but we've got to do something for our community. And that's when we got in touch with you guys saying, what can we do? Because mm -hmm. talk's one thing, action's another. Yeah. Yeah. This other... Um, boxing club I've spoken to very similar to yourselves you know you, you, you've mentioned to me about the um, the subs some weeks people don't pay it some weeks people can't afford it what do we do do we turn them away no good old fashioned 
community. I think lockdown's brought a bit of that back, you know. Um, instead of looking at every pound, this this other guy I've spoken to, he said sometimes when we go to these um, events, we can claim like a fuel expense. He said, sometimes I don't even bother. I just put the fuel in myself. He said, I've got people I've put through courses, I've paid the subs for. A lot of this community, I know, I think you said 19 years, you volunteered, Kev. That yeah. is amazing. What a feat. You know, that a lot of the stuff is unpaid because you care. We've lost it. You know, like you say, people talk about it, you know. I know Prince William's a, he's a big uh, advocate for men mental health. Look at the profile he's got, the future King of England, and they're getting millions of pounds and they roll with it. And when they talk, they've got a team of people and it happens. But out here, you know, tough enough to a, a small team of volunteers like you, like you boys are. And there's only so much you can do because we all hold full-time jobs down and do, you do other things. I mean, I know Stu, the founder, works on Tough Enough more hours a day than his, than his day job. Well, he's only 24 hours in the day and he's got a young family, absolutely passionate. And every door you knock on to try and get some help with, talking about it, Yes, you know, uh, people entertain you and you think it's getting somewhere. And then when hands have got to go in pockets to keep it rolling and because you have to be practical about some of it, you, the, the door shut then and then you're onto the... And it's just so, so frustrating and difficult to, to say how much it's talked about in the press and we're out here actually doing something real. Like you say, there aren't many people acting as that. They're all, they're all talking and big adverts and CEOs taking... Big fat paychecks. I'll tell you a quick story. About, I'll tell you a story about that, Mark. I won't name the, uh, the people who are going to give us the money, but we, like yourselves, with the Lions Boxing Club, applying for grants, applying for grants, and we got awarded thirty grand, and we thought, blooming it, the good we will have to do. We'll open up for the unemployed. We'll have new clubs come to it, and we had about with this certain person about ten meetings, and she'd come. And she goes, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, you know, we were polite. And after the 10th meeting, we went, well, when are we getting that 30 grand? And she went, oh, you're not going here. That's going to me. So I can police what you're going to do. I went, so the money we were awarded isn't coming to us. It's for you to come down and give us ideas what we can do for nothing. And she went, yeah. I went, well, doesn't that sum up what happens? The actual people in the trenches who were, and they said, well, what are you doing for your community? I went, we are a community. We have people yeah. from Kings Winford, Handsworth, Stairport. People travel to be a part of the Lions family. We aren't only in Springfield or Ball Street in Aldbush. We are for everyone. And when they're going, but how about, I went, so you've awarded us that money to give you money. How about us? And I thought, doesn't that sum up the people who control the money? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Like I say, unless you're high profile, you're just, you know, like you say, out here in the trenches. That's I love that analogy. I called it the coal face earlier. But yeah, out here in the trenches, you know, fighting it, seeing people get taken off in ambulances because they just don't know where to get. I mean, you'll you'll love this. So the 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 the, the group in question was in um, talking political was in uh, Sandwell. So the I think the ones in Dudleyborough are the ones in in um, Sandwell. So. We tick all the boxes for Samuel Public Health with the COVID, the track and trace, all the things they asked me to comply to. The, the, the room, there's a little bit more red tape, um, whereas the one in Dudley is a little bit more relaxed. So we're in Sandwell and I get in touch with Stu on this night because we've got, I say, we've got a, a guy that was troubled. He says, I'll find you the Sandwell uh, crisis team number. Give him a call. Lovely lady on the other end of the phone. She said, Where's the chat from? I said, all I know is a first name and a mobile number. I said, because that is all I have to capture for track and trace. I said, but the nature of these meetings is the confidential. So pre-COVID, you didn't have to write your name or number, log in, nothing. You come and sat in the room. You could come in anonymous. You could go out anonymous. Now, I know in times of COVID and track and trace and all that, that can't be the case. The rules stipulate that we need to the movement of people. So she said, uh, I said, do you want me to go in? I said, the guy's coherent. And, and like, yeah, yeah. She said, uh, I said, well, where are you from? Wordsley. She goes, oh, it's the Dudley crisis team you need. Mm. I, I'm thinking, hang on, we've got a crisis. 
Yeah. Mm. Oh no, I'll patch you through. Oh, she says I can't. I'll give you the number. <laughs> so I just called it in and got a, like I say, called nine 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 and um and and got somebody down to you know working me down and stew and what we should do for the said individual. But yeah, that that's the world we live in. And she says, oh, he lives in Worsley. You need the Dudley crisis team. I thought, what does it matter? <laughs> what, they're both yeah. on the clock working for local authorities. Can't they just give me the advice? Oh, no, you've got to... <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's just absolutely crazy. And unfortunately, <clears throat> luckily for us, that, that worked. But how about if you'd have just gone, I'll stuff it, or we'd have lost him then, because I find so many of us bang on the door screaming, I need help, I need help. And if no one answers, eventually you stop knocking. And that's yeah. why us blokes have got such a high suicide rate because so many people have tried in their own specific ways to ask for help. But when it hasn't come, it's come too late, that poor soul has lost a lot. And yeah. when we work with Ripple, it's not just that one person whose life is affected by suicide. That's what it called Ripple. It affects yeah. the people at the meeting, it affects the children, it affects the father, it affects the brother, it affects the coach. But, and suicide has such an effect on people. So yeah. I think, once again, with working together, these organisations should be there going, sorry, Mark, uh, it is the Dudley body you need, but don't worry, you stand on the line, I will help you. There you go. There you go. So well, that's, you it, know, that's it, isn't it, uh, Kev? Imagine if he'd have phoned personally. So he's built up that courage enough to make that phone call. Because it does take courage to get help. Yeah, it does yeah. take that courage to break that door down. And then he yeah. just gets knocked back like that. I mean, it just because he wasn't he wasn't living in the right area. In the right borough. It's just crazy. And you're hearing it all the time from, from going to the, um, you know, the doctors and then the waiting lists for stuff because of the pot of money and all it's just the list the list is endless and a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you tip up and a chat and that could be as much like you were saying kev you know difference between listening and hearing that that could be it you know there was there was one of our groups a few weeks back and the rest of the group members I let it unfold for a few minutes three or four minutes and they absolutely hammered this bloke with advice, you know, what they thought was good advice about talking to his wife. And I said, can I interject a sec? Yeah, yeah, what are you thinking, Mark? I said, do you usually talk to your wife? No, no, I, I deal with it a different way. I said, do you want to talk to your wife? He's like, no, because I deal with it in a different way. He said, that's why I'm here. So all the lads <laughs> have been going, absolutely like, do this, do this, do this. But it's not what he normally does. He took the courage to come to the groups because he did need an outlet to, to talk. And I think for a lot of the guys you talk to, because it's not the best mate or the brother or someone they work with or the missus, it's actually people are finding it once they get there. They go, actually, this is easier than I. You know, like your fairly 15 blokes. I think the hardest bits, you know, you've got out your own front door. It's even harder than to walk in somewhere strange. I have a bit of a irrational fear going to new places. It flares my anxiety up, like I'm sure it does with a good good many other people. You know, when I get there, I'm going, well, for, for somebody confident to doing all sorts of things, but then a new supermarket freaks me out and my anxiety starts. You're with me. So if, if people are feeling like that coming to the group and then there's familiar bit of chit-chatter when the groups get going a few weeks, the same four, five, six people, you're walking into almost a click, aren't you? Like the boxing gym, if you've got a group of lads that have been coming for years and you're all the newbie at the door with all the brand new kit on. Oh, but actually, there ain't anything to fear. You're just, like you say, into the family, arm round them, whatever, the, whatever you're going to. And I think the beauty of going into a group, it's like when you're on holiday and you sat there and you're having a rattle to a bloke you're probably never going to see again in your life and you start being more up to him because who gives a keeper's dick? What he thinks of me because I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. So that's a great way to view it. Sometimes it's easier to confess as a stranger, even if it's um, a familiar stranger. You see this yeah. person once a week, but he's not your old pal. You're not going to see him at work. Yeah. So even if you give some advice and you think, well, you're honest, I don't agree with that. It don't matter. He might give you the answer you've never had because he's outside your bubble, or he might give you some cobs wallet and you never take it. And he won't be offended because he's just a, a familiar stranger. 
But yeah. touching back on what you both said, it takes courage to ask for help, but it also takes courage to accept the help. Yeah. But by all means, it does take courage. Definitely. You've got to, you've got to want to be um, keep an open mind and, and, and choose it. You know, there's the, there is that as well. You, you, you talk to people a lot sometimes and um, until you're accepting the help and, 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 and pushing out your comfort zone and choosing something different, nothing, nothing will change with it. Life is like any discipline. If you keep doing something without continuous effort to improve, nothing will change. You wouldn't, you know, Life won't just suddenly, you're having a, a time that's difficult without anything, choosing something different, it won't change. It'll stay the same. You know, as I had a guy a few years ago, where we used to go clay pigeon shooting and we had some lessons to get us going out to stand gun safety, obviously, because it's a, you know, you can't be turning around and getting that wrong because it's obviously a danger. <laughs> it could be dangerous. And he'd say like, so he'd send four pairs of clays and you, and you miss them all. What did you do? so you sent the first pair you missed them? What did you do? What did you do different on the second pair? Nothing. He said, "Well, so you've missed them again, and then the third pair, and then the fourth. He said, "So if you miss the first pair, you might need to adjust your feet or the gun mount, or do, do something different before you take the second pair of the same." And and life's like that. If you keep going through the same days, doing the same things, whatever that is, you know. Might be a relationship that's toxic. Might be a crappy job. Anything, unless you choose some changes or do some development on your yourself, whatever it may be, exercise. Unless you make any changes, it will stay. The situation will stay the same. So, but it's just you know these groups are so so easy, informal. I just wanted to add as well. You have, there's no you haven't got a talk, have you, Kevin? I don't know whether you sort of push anything where people, you, you try and get everyone to chat but you haven't there's no pressure uh, certainly on our end to uh, to participate well once again you know what means your idea in in three to five words or so how's your week been and if someone goes not for me then they're not forced to so then uh we're bouncing around the room then i'll say anyway my week has an opening thing because i'm a very open book and then then i'll go mark you've had a good week Lee, you've had a terrible week. Do you mind talking about it and just yeah. bouncing around? And yeah. you, you've got to have a, a judge of people, haven't you, Mark? If you see someone is in the shell, leave them and they will know. They will let you know when they're ready. To talk. When they're ready, yeah. But one thing you said before, uh, and it, it's a definition of madness, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So unless yeah. we're willing to make slight changes, why yeah. are we trying to change everything at once? Make lots of little changes and we'll get there faster. Yeah. I always say baby steps. And eventually, you know, and I'm speaking from experience, they add up. And, you know, you make the changes. You see, I, I use exercise again, you know, um, went through it recently with a family member. And I said, right, if I said to you, we're going to go and climb Mount Everest, she just wouldn't be able to do it. I said, well, without any training, we, we couldn't. But with the right run a marathon. You, you wouldn't go, oh, we'll do one this weekend. You'd take baby steps to prepare for a number of months. Life's the same. You know why you can't, you know, the run before you can walk. You can use all those analogies. But um, life's like every, anything that you're going to do. You know, when you first started your employment role, were you any good at it? Are you, are you any good at it now? You, you know, it's you, you can't just start something and be good. And life, life is the same. But it's like you say, you know, you've got to it'd be implementing small changes, you know, and eventually you will come out the other side. And um, I think you said to me earlier, Kev, about maybe a saying that I'd refer to. And yeah. I heard it recently. And there's, Go on, save it to the end, Mark. Save it to the end. I've got to save it. Save it to the end. Oh, Dan Brownie oh. said he's good listening. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got a, got a question in. If, um, yeah. Um, sorry, just find it. Uh, so we have touched on this. Well, Mark's touched on this slightly, but I think it's good to bring it up because he mentions a lockdown in it. So Steve Andel has guys for you. Do you think the lockdowns have put the spotlight in mental health more and the need for support? It has grown in the private sector like you guys over the last year, but just wondering if you think this would have happened without the lockdowns. I, you know what? I think it, it's definitely... There's definitely more traction, but I'm not sure if it's relating to 
lockdown. I think it's talked about more because more people experience it because of lockdown. Yeah. But I don't, it's a hard one because I know that they've, you know, Boris Johnson has employed that that doctor to be head of mental health or mental health ambassador. But is it really helping it change? I don't think so. Not at the moment. No, it's back to what Kev said. So, so answering answering the question, there's just more people talking because we've been cooped up for twelve months. So, um, we we're already starting uh, mental health wise. I think the last four or five years, definitely starting to get some traction. But it's like we just said a few minutes ago. Well, people are talking, but there's no there's no doing. Mm. You know. It, Money can be wasted on all sorts of things, and then you think, well, this is something where it's it would really be have a value, and it's just talked and talked and talked, th- and they don't do it, don't do a thing, do they? I think, Mark, it's uh, the, the the groups are not only going to add a value. I think in the long term they'll save money because let's face it, room hire and some tea and coffee each week doesn't cost a lot. In fact, it no. probably costs less to get. 15 or more blokes once COVID's over, you know, into a room than one, than one um, session with, um, uh, yeah, with, with a counsellor, you know, yeah. it's it's probably cheaper than, than one session for one person. 100%. So, uh, you know, it, it's, to me, it's a no brainer. It's absolute no brainer. Well, you, you saying that if you have a, pri- a private referral, I think is about 60 pounds for the hour, for an hour at the moment, I believe. From what I've been told from other people that have been, so it's like you say, you rent the room for a couple of hours. It's thirty, thirty-five quid. You put some tea and coffee on. I'll be honest with you, um, Stu gave me some money for petty cash for tea and coffee. I don't know how many months ago. I've still got it. I take my own coffee. I take my own cups. I buy the milk. Do you know? What I, mean? I, I I just do it because I can do it because I want to do it. So with all them bits and pieces there, you know, if the charity hadn't got the money out to buy the room, I'd buy the room. So, like you say, you get all them blokes together. Say it might cost forty pound in 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 real terms, and if we're paying, so like you say, that's less than one session for one hour for one person. So, mm. why isn't anybody from a bigger organisation going to us smaller ones? Lads, you've got something great here. Let's get you trained up so that the legal aspect with so do you just speaking from experience? You've got some, you know, a little qualification that just covers us all from a legal point of view. I can understand that. Let's start saving money. We've been in workplaces. I've been and sat there for tough enough to care for somewhere the guys can, uh, oh, what do we call them? Like a tea room, like a tea room talk or there's a room where you can go in. And the minute you start asking these people, the employers, to fund it or pay for the session, you, you don't get them again. Well, that's going to be saving thousands hundreds of thousands millions of pounds for employers with people having time off and they're just they just they just aren't getting they just aren't getting the link the, the, the minute you start to want to charge for the service to support what you're doing expand it and like i say do some real work oh no it's not in the budget to fund a session but they might lose somebody with a mental health issue from work for months because their line manager doesn't know the signs doesn't spot the signs you with me? Re- rewind it. He might come to a session and once again we're in the real world and I might just go, Mark, are you suicidal? Now, that question, if you're not suicidal, you're not, it's not like I've put the thought into your mind. So I wasn't kept, but now you've mentioned it, I'm going to go and kill myself. <laughs> but that question might be the difference between you doing it or not because you might go, well, yes, actually, Kev, I am. And then, then you can step in by saying, Thank you for telling me. Let's get you the help. And maybe that yeah. just thank you, Kev. You've noticed might be the difference. Because yeah. if I ask you, you're not. I haven't put the thought in your head. But yeah. if the thought's already in your head, then you've got to process it. Or just yeah. having our little conversations. Something as soft as asking that scary question. It is a frightening question. Asking that. But that question might have just saved that person's life. Yeah, I think a lot of the time, and we again we we use this at the groups. It's. I said to you before we came on the air. You know, the the problem was like life changing for one guy who's beside himself because he couldn't pay his council tax. It's a real problem. You know, to pay, to someone that's got money or doesn't money about paying the council tax, it isn't. And and they're all when you're 
when you're going through it, the it doesn't matter how minor you think or other people think the problem. When you're going through that, it could be the end of the end of the world. But then someone else going, oh, I'm, I'm really feeling you, bro. You know, actually, when I go to the supermarket, I absolutely shit myself and my anxiety nearly consumes me. I just said to you an instance myself, my wife will go, really? About going to Aldi? Yeah, it's something that I know is irrational, but it's there. So just sharing that on here tonight at one of the groups, they might go, oh, you know, we're, it's normal. You're not abnormal. We're all, you know, maybe lots of people feel the same when they go new places. So we all, we're all getting little anxieties, but people just don't talk and they think it's them. So, you know, the old problem um, problem shared. Oh, I don't know my sayings now. I'm getting my sayings mixed up. Problem shared. Problems problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah. That's it. That's the one. So it's that again. You just think, oh, actually. A problem shared the, is a problem halved. That's it. I'm in the same boat. Sometimes that, with these groups, might just be enough for you to go, oh. Um, what else have we had at groups? We've had people go, oh, I don't feel like I can tell my story. Now someone's just gone a real deep, dark and... No, no, because your story is relevant and big to you. So just because someone's gone right off and, you know, we've armed up with a real dark one, and then someone's sat there thinking, oh, I feel a bit of a fraud now on about the council tax. It's all relevant, you know. But it, it's all it's worth like when, out and having a cuppa. It's like when they go, like, well, you think you're bad. Think about all them starving Africans. And when you're there, you're thinking, you know what I say? I couldn't give a toss about them Africans because I'm so free. Yeah. And yeah, your your yeah. problems matter to you, along with anxiety. So, when you talk about a fear, some people are frightened of a house spider, some people are frightened of uh, balloons, or and you go, well, don't be sad. There's only a little spider. But when you find it like I'm, you're claustrophobic, or right, then I'll put you in a coffin. They go, oh no, no, fear is frightening to you. And so yeah. many of us dismiss the fear because oh, don't be frightened. It's only a needle. Well, I've got loads of tattoos. But that fear is petrifying to you. So put yeah. that into anxiety. I'm anxious because I'm going to a supermarket. I'm anxious because I have to be public speaking. I'm anxious when I have to ask someone out. That to you is as frightening as that spider, that needle, those heights. Yeah. So Agreed. put yourself in your fear to allow you to realise and have empathy for their fears and their anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good saying then um, that popped up, Lee, <laughs> but I couldn't. It was one of I'll, bring, I'll bring it back on for you. So Stuart, Stuart. One man's molehill is another man's mountain, and vice versa. Yeah, nice one, Stu. So yeah, and I think that's just all. What the groups? Sorry, Mark. No, go on. I was just saying. I'm just keep going back to just talk. You know what I mean? Was we we joke, don't we, Kev? About uh, I always say sitting out at the front. <laughs> don't worry if nobody wants to talk. I just talk about myself for the next two hours. <laughs> I'm like yourself, mate. I'm just uh, I'll just keep going. So, yeah, that was all I was going to say. Just keep talking. But I think because we're open books, because we can do that, it allows people to to think, well, I haven't got to be embarrassed that I I get frightened or I have a belly full. So I'm exactly like you. My Kate's always telling me off. So I'll, I'll be watching something and Forrest Gump and I start crying. She goes, oh, bloody hell, not again. But, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like that. I am. You know, I mean, I get from my old man. I'm very blessed because I've seen very... Strong men figures cry, but some people haven't. So if we can be that that man who's showing them that it is okay, hopefully then it becomes the new normal. Yeah, I think Agreed. I think a lot. Sorry, I think a lot of what we do now as well is is not only to benefit men of our age, but to benefit our children and and trying to show them that it's that it's fine to to do this. It's fine to come on these podcasts and talk about feelings and and. You know, as men, because I'd hate for my son to get to where I am and have, have had the same mental health struggles that I've had just because he didn't open up like I did, basically repeating my mistakes. So I think it's very important that we do talk about this, but we also educate younger. Most definitely. Um, one of our um, um, group members, he's uh, had a career, he's retired now in teaching. And um, I don't know where I was going with the blooming story. Um, yeah, so I think 75% of people or something like that, he's been, he's been asked to basically do a talk to sixth formers at, at, at a school about, um, you know, mental health awareness uh, type. So he was doing a bit of research. Um, it's not it's not his area of expertise, but he's, uh, 
intelligent guy when he's doing some research on it before we talk to him. And I think he said 75% of people um, in adult life that have uh, mental health issues, there was something before the age of 15. So, and it could be an anxiety to do with minor things like exams, you know, all sorts of bits and pieces with the day to day. There could be some deeper stuff. We meet with some childhood, preschool, you know, and it got unresolved, unresolved, and had all these anger issues and nothing. Back then, I'm talking like 30, 35, 40 years ago, you know, they just made you stand in the corner and made more of a dunce out of you. They just didn't, there was nothing like there is now for spotting. But I, I thought a good thing to be doing the years to come was these groups and things with the right training that you went into high schools. But people have actually said, no, a little bit earlier than that. So junior school, eight, nine years of age, and you you must see all sorts of stuff with the with the boxing with the community stuff, you know, all sorts of backgrounds where kids are troubled or bullied or all sorts of stuff. I think we've mentioned before you have you know in the boxing you have the the bully the person being bullied. You have the the the, the dad or the mom there that the kids dragged there. You have the kid there that the mom or the dad. You you, you see it all, don't you? In the in the in the communities. I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you, Lee. I think the education needs to be wound back. You know, when I was that 10-year-old kicking chairs around the classroom, absolutely raging for whatever reason, somebody then would have gone, hang on, let's 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 find out what's going on here. It's just not it's not the normal behaviour because the other 29 kids are just sat there doing the work, you know, and I'm kicking chairs and thumping doors and it's before I went to high school. So it's like you say, it would be good if we could start educating younger and then get out of this well. The culture that we've got into, like learning from our mistakes as a generation, and like Lee said, educate uh, younger. Again, that's a, that's another problem. How, how we start getting that into schools and doing all that sort of thing, I don't know. But uh, there's one for the powers to be to uh, to ponder, shall we say? Well, I, I think it's bang on. I think we try and we try and patch up people in the twenties or late teens, and instead of addressing the problem at the cause. Going, Kevin, why are you angry? Lee, why are you shy? Why? If we can address it then, saying it's okay to feel like this, let's explain why and actually get to the bottom of it. Yeah, that's it. There's, because there's always, you know, there's always a cause, there's always a route there. And, and more often than not, it's, it's further back and deeper than you actually can recall. So, um, again, I'll just draw back from a recent um, incident where um, it was the staff that were employed by said individual. And then in 10 minutes, gave me 30 years, like a synopsis from late teens to now. I said, hang on, let, let, let me just rewind. You think it's the staff, but you've got this. The, there was a pattern of behaviour that went 14 or 15 years from late teens into his 30s. That ended. The pattern started again, had similarities, and it culminated with a with a with a friend passing at the start of this year, and it's all come crashing down. And he thinks it's the staff, but if you if you wrote down the troubles of the thirty years, the things that are unresolved, it's huge, it's massive. It's not the, the staff at the end of uh, trying to be in business through a pandemic, and furlough and people isolating and all the stuff. It's just one little thing that's you know that's broke the uh, the camel's back, but actually the problem was from childhood. But you, you never look far enough or you don't want to scratch under the surface that far. Or, or actually, you've, you, you've forgotten that, that, that there's that unresolved problem there. You've always got to find find the route, get the kettle on, bash it out. Or bash it out, as so, we should say. And I think sometimes if you've only seen, if you've only ever seen something in that way, you don't know any different. It's hard to be. It's hard to teach something. It's hard to teach your your children if you don't know any better. You know, if that's how you treat women, if that's how you act when you're angry, if that is all you know, how how hard is it to do anything different? Yeah. So that's why I think if we can be getting together with children, with the parents, and trying to find solutions instead of just going, "Well, you should know better." How am I supposed to know better if I've never seen it done any different way? Probably. Agreed, mate. The behaviour is human behaviour is learnt. So, you know, because obviously when we're babies, we just lie there, don't we? And 
sleep and eat because that's basic survival. So everything else to where you are now, whether you want to believe it or not, is all it's all learned behaviour. So like you say, if you don't know anything different, if you're in something that's, you know, as a child that's violent, you know, you think, well, well that's got to be the answer. You know, up until recent years, you know, I would have rather gone onto the car park and had a car park talk, as I call them, than, than sit here and bear me soul. And, you know, this would have been like one of the fears. I'd have rather gone, no, 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 we'll, we'll fight about it first and we'll talk about it later, you know. And that all comes from, um, you know, I've said to you before, being bullied, becoming the bully, going go the full circle with the anger management. And it's actually there's something else way earlier that was making me angry, but it took me into my mid-40s to um, get it all worked out. So, yeah. Again, come on a Monday night and we'll get it all uh, not on the car park, not on the car park. We'll get, it all worked out, get it all worked out over a cup of coffee. Well, Lee, would you like to flash the poster up? Yes, mate. Bear with me. It's all very technical. We're on. Oh, here As we are. <laughs> go on, um, go on, Mark. Walk us through your Monday. Oh, sorry, I've got his Monday one. Oh. It's, it's similar. Hold <laughs> <laughs> well, up, Kev. <laughs> I thought that said both of ours on it, sorry. No, it doesn't, mate. It's just Wednesday. Well, this is is our Wednesday (laughs) session. Um, Everything's the same, basically different locations. But if you would like to find out with the Tough Enough to Care's details, please inbox either us or Tough Enough to Care. You can get them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they are doing such a wonderful job. If you'd like to come to the Lions on a Wednesday 7 till 9, Every Wednesday evening, uh, please awesome. join us. Um, just before, Mark, is there anything else, Mark or Lee, that you both like to say? No, that's good. I've re- really enjoyed that. So, so I'll, tell, I'll just keep going. I did two hours last night. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll just keep harping on, keep going back to talk, cup of coffee, just keep getting it in there. No, nothing from me. Lee, anything? Just thank you for coming on, Mark, and um, yeah, thanking you, thank you, thank you for letting us. Uh, nick your ideas and and be in partnership with with you and get this get our support group up and running. It, oh, it's... mate, it's our pleasure. Like I say, there's nothing, there's no, there's no pride or you know, it's just like you say, work together, get some extra venues on and all that sort of thing. I said to you, the part of the problem, the shortage is people. So you know, um, just the more that get involved, and it hasn't got to be the same format, just a variation of just get blokes out of the house, away from the pub, you know, get chatting. It's our pleasure. So from uh, this week, we're no longer going to be doing our Thursday uh, podcast just for a couple of weeks or so. We've got big things in the pipeline. So if you do get lonely on a Thursday, go to our YouTube, check out one of our earlier episodes or if you listen to us on podcast, there's got to be 100 episodes on there now or somewhere close. So check them out. And if you've got time, please leave us a review, especially on Apple Music. So help us boost up the charts. So, Mark, I'm going to ask you, have you got any quotes or sayings that's helped you get through life? So I've learned something, a couple of things um, recently. So these are quite recent ones. So just very quickly, um, people sometimes can't give a positive when we're sort of signing off for the the week at the group. We try and sign off with a positive that's been in the week or in the week ahead. So I was obviously as human, something to look forward to, keep us going. So when people go, oh, I can't think of one, you know, I'll always go, well, you opened your eyes today, you got out of bed, so you got on a, a reasonable amount of good health. And then I pinched this one from um, an ex-Navy SEAL um, and Stuart put me onto this. And there's a there's a short book called Make Your Bed. So it's important that once you're up out of that bed, you make it. And the reason I'm saying that is the day can completely go to pot, can be horrendous. You get back into the bedroom at night. You think, I can't wait to get back into bed. You look at the bed made and you'll know you've done at least one job well that day. So that's the first one. So, you know, you've already got positives before you even think you have. Your eyes are open. If you've got out of the bed, you're reasonably healthy. Make it so when you get back in at night, you've, you know you've done one job well. Um, and then there's always tomorrow. So if today's a write-off and you felt the way to the 10-ton duvet, you ain't even managed to brush your teeth, have a wash, whatever your reasons are, there's always tomorrow. So open your eyes for tomorrow and then and then try again. And if it's not that, there's the next day. There's always tomorrow. Well, once again, bro, thank you ever so much for coming on.
So guys, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tarot a bit. God bless. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen, listen.